Hey, welcome to the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisor Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisor Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Check out the Facebook page. You can search for Coach Bo Knows Show. It's the first thing that comes up. And you can email us anytime at Show at gmail.com. Today is episode 74.5, usually on the point five. Uh, Ellen comes in and we have a conversation, but Ellen was with us on the regular episode 74 doing our Super Bowl preview with Uncle Rico. If you haven't listened to it, it's a great time. The three of us had a great time. Check it out. So joining me today is the local legend, the man that looks like me but acts more like his mother, my main man, 50 grand, P-Money, Peyton O'Connor. Peyton's going to come in today and going to talk all about the NBA trade deadline and everything that's been going on. Lots to happening in the NBA, and we're going to talk all about it today. Peyton, how are you today? I'm doing good. We have a lot to talk about, like you said. Well, let's start with the biggest news of the week, non-trade related, and that is LeBron. Man, I never thought it would happen. All-time points leader in NBA history. Yeah. I was watching, we're recording this Saturday morning, and I was watching uh, Bomani Jones last night uh, with on his uh, TV show on, um, um, oh, what's he call that damn show now? I can't think of it. Anyway, um, it's on HBO. It's a great show. And he had a great point about LeBron James last night. It's, we shouldn't be trying to compare LeBron. And this shouldn't be like a further argument. I think he called it the barbershop argument of who's better, LeBron or Jordan, yep. and now saying, well, he's the all-time scoring leader, so that's another point for LeBron in the mm-hmm. argument. And instead, just realize that LeBron's great, and he's now scored more points than anybody in the history of the NBA, and we should enjoy this for what it is and give the man his flowers. I agree 100%. I think, the thing is, I, will, I hate the LeBron-Jordan Goat talk. Because to me, they're both the greatest in their time they played basketball again. Yeah. Jordan was great. 90s, 80s, Jordan dominated. No one was better. LeBron, 2000s, 10s, and now 20s, is the best player in basketball. Yeah. This is year 20. And LeBron's still playing good. Yeah. Yeah, and people will argue, well, Jordan might have broke those records if he hadn't taken time off or whatnot. It really doesn't matter. No. It, it, it's. I think you said it best. I think the whole, if you want to call, I like the, I like the idea of calling it the barbershop argument. Because what, it's what it is. Yeah, usually, of, yeah. Of LeBron versus Jordan is kind of just overrated. Yeah. It, it really comes down to your generation. I grew up in a generation of Jordan, but I respect the shit out of LeBron. I think LeBron's every bit as good. Yeah. I think your generation, you didn't get to see Jordan, and he was. It was also a different time, and he was a different level than everybody else, especially in the back half of his career. Yeah. Um, I would argue that I think that LeBron has actually played a more um, a tougher competition over time, too, with more international players. Yes. A different game for sure and how it's played. I know people will argue that Jordan played a tougher game. Yeah. I think that's a pretty, yeah, pretty good argument. Yeah, but at the same time, that's the rules of basketball. Yeah, that's right. They, I mean, everything evolves. Everything has to evolve, yeah. So I think that with the whole uh, thing now, it's let's enjoy LeBron for LeBron. We're not going to have him much longer. He's 38. He's 38. He says when the play LeBron he is in the league. I don't think he does. Yeah, so I, I think we need to 
give the man his flowers and say, LeBron, congratulations, you're the greatest scorer in NBA history. And frankly, he is. I think he is. It's it's crazy to see and how much his, his game hasn't really changed. No, it, it's evolved a little bit. It's evolved a he, little bit to the, the, the game today, but he's still attacking the rim like it's nobody's business. Yeah. Which is impressive for yeah. a 38-year-old. So, now we've come to the NBA trade deadline has just passed. Oh, and we've man. we've had some movement. So, Woo. we're going to start with the two big trades. And let's talk about it in this in this detail first. The Brooklyn Nets realized this shit is not working. No. And so, they have traded both Kyrie Irving and Kevin, Kevin Durant. Man. So, they've split up. Now, this is a team that three years ago, three years ago, they all came together. I think it was two years ago. And they and they had James Harden was the third. They had Harden, KD, and Kyrie. And they traded James Harden last year. For Ben Simmons. For Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons didn't even start Friday night. Has he even played this season? He has. I know he has, but like. Not, yeah, he has not had the impact that Ben Simmons should be No, like he's a. As a number one overall pick. Exactly. I think, and the thing is, Ben Simmons' contract. Messed to the Nets over. Yeah, it's fucking it, Nets. Yeah, it, it's been an albatross for sure on their deck. Because he's making, I think, $84 million for the next two years. I mean, yeah. And, he's it's definitely so, not, and if you can't get a bucket, I mean. No, and if you can't play up to the amount of money you're making, why are you on the team? Yeah. Like, I thought he was getting traded, too. Yeah. Well, I don't think they could find a partner that wanted They couldn't, no. Yeah. So let's get into it first. The biggest trade, the first big trade, was the Kyrie Irving trade. This was back on the 5th, uh, so six days ago now. Dallas Mavericks get Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris. Mm-hmm. They give up Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finley-Smith, a 2029 first-round pick, and two second-round picks. Yes. Now, my question first, first question is, did the Mavericks give up too much? Kyrie Irving. No. Okay. Because you're giving up a 2027 second and your whole 2029 draft. It's 2029. Yeah, it's six years. There's there's no value. There's no value in those picks right now. Yeah. And and then you bring in Kyrie Irving, who it's basically a rental for the rest of the season. You you now have the two best ball handlers in basketball in the same team. And Kyrie and... And Kyrie and Luka. And Luka. That's going to be a scary sight. Well, and I think that the... I really think that the, the the Mavs needed to bring on something. They did. To help Luke. They needed to so bad. Yeah. Okay, so Dallas currently sits fourth in the Western Conference. Now that's after they had the first game with with um, with Kyrie Friday night, but won. no Luca, and, won. and they won. Um, what's your take? Is this something that the Mavericks had to do? Is this kind of a Kyrie's been someone that's been, um, how do you want to say? He's been a very good number two guy. Okay. And I think that's what he needs to be in Dallas. But everyone know, Luka is that franchise right now. Sure. But bringing in Kyrie was someone you, you can take responsibility off of Luka to be, hey, well, Luka's off the floor in foul trouble. Now you have Kyrie go in and dominate. Okay. They never really have that. Yeah. And now they do, which is going to be very, very fun to watch. Does this give the Mavericks, does this put them into the championship talk? I think it does to an extent. Okay. I still, 
I don't think anybody beats Denver. We- Except maybe a team we'll talk about later. Yeah. And in Phoenix? In Phoenix? I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, if you look at the top six right now, the Nuggets had a couple small deals. The, the Grizzlies really didn't improve their team. They got more shooting off the bench, that's about it. Yeah, they got some depth. The Kings didn't really do anything, and the Kings were the team that lost to the, the Mavericks last night. Yeah, but the, the Kings being at three, they should not be there right now. Yeah. Then you have the Mavericks, the Suns at fifth, and we'll talk about how they, they, got, they added Kevin Durant. That's ridiculous. And the Clippers at sixth. And there's some talk there. Then you have the Warriors at seven, and then you got eight, nine, ten. It's all kind of interchangeable right now. There's lots of different pieces that could happen there. Yes. But so you think that adding Kyrie doesn't put the Mavs in the mix with the Nuggets and the in the Grizzles? And I just I gotta see them play together first. Okay, that's fair. But I think for me is if they play together for you know a couple months, get everything going, maybe. Okay. They can get it going. I just don't know. Okay. The other the trades I want I'm not going to hit every single trade, but I want to hit a couple of these. The other one of the big one was the three-team trade involving the Lakers. Oh, this one was interesting. So the Lakers get D'Angelo Russell coming back to the Lakers. Yep. Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt. This is a lot of bench help. The Lakers what desperately needed. Need the Timberwolves get involved here. They get Mike Conley. Who comes back to Minnesota. Yep. Uh, Nikhil Anderson-Walker. Three second-round picks in 24, 25, and 26. Now, those are from, I believe, Utah. Okay. Utah gets Russell Westbrook, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Jones, and a 2027 first-round Which pick. is now top four protected from the Lakers that we know now. Okay, it's top four protected? Yes. Okay. Now... First question is with the you know this is the Lakers getting rid of Russell Westbrook, right? Yes. This is just they don't want him anymore. I don't think it's that they don't want him. I think it's a necessity of you need a bench. And they had no bench. Isn't that what Russell Westbrook was supposed to be? Yeah, but one guy can't lead a whole bench unit. But isn't that what he was supposed to do? Yes, but again, one guy cannot lead an entire bench unit on the court. I I know Russ played phenomenal the last few weeks. And I know that Lakers fans give him a lot of shit because he's not a great shoot. Which is bullshit to me. Yeah. I, here's what I'll say. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You finish your the point The thing first. for me is Russell Westbrook's never been a great shooter. Mm-hmm. But he's been the guy that, like, you always tell me, has the want to win. Yeah. He, he got the want to. He, he wants to win. He does. And I think he has a chip on his shoulder now after getting traded. He'll probably get bought out. You would yeah. think about his money being Utah. Him and Utah never got along. He's an OKC. Yeah. Well, that I read this morning that uh, he's open to staying, but it looks like there's going to be a buyout, and yeah. the team is looking at him as the Clippers. Because with, with Paul George there when they were buddies from OKC. Yeah. Which would be very interesting of a Westbrook, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard trio. Yeah. Here's my take on Russell Westbrook. I think he's a really good player. The knock is he's a bad shooter, but one of the things I've always liked and respected about Russell Westbrook is that you never had to worry about Russell Westbrook not trying hard. And you get that in the NBA. You get lots of of star players who tend to take nights off. Load management sucks. Get out of here. And we can talk all about that at another point, but... 
Russell Westbrook at the want to. He wants to win every game. I've, I've watched four or five Lakers games in the last couple of weeks. And I made this comment to you. I made, it, made this comment on the Coach Bono's Twitter. I'll take the want to on Russell Westbrook before I'll take the talent on Anthony Davis. I agree 100%. And I know that I got raked over the coals by a couple of folks on Twitter earlier in the week for it. But to me, Anthony Davis is an issue. I don't even know what he's doing anymore. He, he fantastic athlete, fantastic player. Man, God, he, but he doesn't he, want to play. No, he doesn't. And when he is playing, it's hey, stole me a lot. Yeah, you know what he looks like? He looks like, and I don't know how old Anthony Davis is now. I'm assuming he's in his like, mid twenties, like thirty old. Oh, he's not that, not that old. Yeah, I get the thing. He's been in the league for for ten plus years. Well, he looks like. When you're a father like I am, and you got a son who's 20 years old, and the kid doesn't want to get out of bed some days, he just kind of mopes around. That's what Anthony Davis looks like on the court. Yeah. I'm not even going to give Anthony Davis shit for not coming up, not looking happy for LeBron when LeBron broke the record. I, I don't care about that. That doesn't bother me. I no. think that he was in the moment and just kind of. I think it's more of. I wouldn't be surprised if we found out that Anthony Davis had some. Um, Anxiety issues. I can see that, and I don't. Yeah. And I don't want to just. I don't want to disregard that, and I don't want to say that's not important mm-hmm. because if he does, he needs to get that taken care of, and he needs to get some help. Absolutely. But he just mopes on the court. I've never seen a star player with his ability that just doesn't seem to try. The thing for Anthony Davis, he should be the best big in basketball, and shouldn't be close. I agree. He should be defensive player of the year every flipping year. Yeah, and Russell Westbrook getting like that piece. I can see where that issue is because you got Russell saying, hey, I'm out here trying. Yeah. But there are times where he gets frustrated because he gets thrown on the court with four schlubs, and they are schlubs. They are. That is not a deep team. Not anymore. And so it's it's LeBron gets off the court, Davis comes off the court, and they go, here, Russ, take the leftovers and keep us in the game. And he does most of the time. Scary. And that's the tough thing to ask. Yeah. So I, I think the Westbrook thing, him getting away from the Lakers, is a good thing. It's going to help him in the long run. That organization is so poorly run right now. It is. It's and, and I'm going to say this about the Lakers. LeBron is the great, if not the greatest player ever. He is the second greatest player. I mean, he is the greatest player of a generation. He's one A, one B, and he is 38 years old, and he's still playing at an extremely high level. And that's. Which is saying a lot. It is. Anthony Davis was supposed to be the superstar that was going to help. LeBron. That was going to be the guy, and LeBron was going to be his supporting piece. Yeah. And it was supposed to be like the opposite of when Magic joined Kareem. Yeah. It was supposed to be that, you know, you had LeBron, and now you're going to add Davis. Yeah. And then you add in Westbrook, and you go, okay, God, this should work. And I, and I know a lot of people disagree with me on the Russell Westbrook thing. I'll take the want to. I agree. Because I think he wants to when he's on the court. Anthony Davis, to me. Like, Davis is only there because LeBron wanted him on the team. Yes, and LeBron sees that upside in him and says, hey, this is the next great player. It just, Davis hasn't shown it. He hasn't put it all together yet. No, and it, it sucks because I want to see him succeed. Yeah. 
I don't because I don't fucking care about the Lakers. Fuck uh, the Lakers. I know you don't. The Lakers currently are sitting in 13th. Now, let me ask the question. Keep going. Keep going down. Keep going down. 11, 12, 13. Keep going down. Pelicans have you off the pick. Let's go. Yeah. Right, here's my question. Lakers are sitting in 13th right now. Mm-hmm. To get into the 10th, they are three games back. Mm-hmm. If Does this trade help the Lakers get into the playoffs? Yes. Into the play yes. Okay, so you think they're going to get into the playoffs? How did they sneak in? I think that LeBron's going to be really tired at the end of the season because he's going to have to carry this team. I think LeBron, he's going to have to carry him to an extent. I think them adding Beasley and Vanderbilt and who else they add? Beasley, Vanderbilt, and Russell. That's going to give him a lot of help. Because Russell can give you 15, 20 a night. Vanderbilt's a good defender. And Beasley can score off the bench. Yeah. Well, I know LeBron desperately wanted to get Kyrie Irving back. Oh, you can tell Which is amazing. Which I think it speaks to his amazingness because Kyrie Irving's a head case. And the one person that's kept him like down to earth. In in tune with where they needed to be. Was LeBron. Was LeBron and got him got Kyrie Irving his only championship. Yeah. And that speaks to, to LeBron's greatness right there. That's just amazing. So um the next trade I want to get into was the next big trade. Again, it was I, was about, I was about to go to bed when this trade came out. And, and, and I saw this. I called you after. Yeah. Brooklyn it. Nets trade, after trading Kyrie Irving, two nights days. later trade Kevin Durant oh, to the Phoenix Suns. Now, my understanding of the story was is after the Kyrie Irving trade. KD won it out. KD went to the GM and one of the and ownership privately. Yes, and said, "I want out. You're going to trade Kyrie. I'm out of here." He gets his wish. He goes to the Phoenix Suns, where I thought he'd be traded earlier. Yeah, not this late. Yeah, with TJ Warren, who goes back to Phoenix for Macal Bridges, Cameron okay. Johnson, yes. Jay Crowder. Four first-round picks and a 2028 pick swap. What were the four years of those picks? 2023, 20, 25, 27, and 29. Okay. And you know what's funny? They're all unprotected. All, so they're all unprotected. But, but see, the Suns, if you're like 23, you know it's not going to be a high pick. Doesn't matter. Chris Paul's old. He's going to be gone eventually. Yeah, but you got to think of this way. The 2023 pick is based on how you finish in 2023. I don't care about the 2023 pick. Yeah, I don't care about 25, 27. Well, is the can you have the argument though if you have Kevin Durant, those picks will never be high picks. If you have Kevin Durant, good for you. He has not shown me ever he can lead a team to the championship. Well, I, I mean, I'm look. You know how my feelings are on Kevin Durant. I think he's the most overrated, overrated football, he, basketball player. He has never led a team to the championship. Yeah. Now I'm gonna say this about this though, but my point is, Kevin Durant's teams have always been competitive. Because he has help. Well, well, you're not you're not getting the point. What I'm saying is, the ne- those four picks. If the Phoenix Suns still have Kevin Durant, there won't be much value in those four picks because they'll be lower path. They won't be lottery picks. I mean, Whether they're protected or not doesn't matter. I don't know. I I really don't know. The thing is with me is this window is still getting smaller for the Suns. Okay. Because Chris Paul is what 38. He's up there. And he's not as good as he should be. Yeah. DeAndre Aiden wants out. 
Will, does he want out now? Does adding Kevin Durant make DeAndre Ayton change his mind? You would think so, but I just don't know. Now, those with the new ownership, I don't know what Ayton has yeah. said new ownership yet. But basically, he's one out. If you think about the, the top four now on that roster, you start your starting lineup now has Kevin Durant and De- Devin Booker. Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. Man, find me a... Man. I think How do you match up with that? I think one team can. Who's that? The Celtics. Yeah. That's the only team. So I, I, I think it's a great deal for the I think it's a great deal for the Suns. I do too. I just don't know. I think people look at that first uh, four first round picks and they think they gave up a King's ransom for him. They but if the it. Suns have Kevin Durant for those four years, then those picks aren't gonna have any value to him. I just don't know if he's going to be there all four years. That, that's the question. I don't think he... Absolutely is. understand. I agree with you on that point. If you're the Suns, yeah. now you've got to keep Kevin Durant. And this is... I don't think he stays. I don't know. If, if he does, great. If he doesn't... Well, you figure he's uh-oh. got Chris Paul this year, probably next. He's got Devin Booker for a while. He's got Devin Booker. That becomes his Robin and his Batman. And then you've got that big in DeAndre Ayton. And I don't know there's a better big in the league. It just pure old-school center play than DeAndre Ayton. There's not. There's not. I mean, he he's... You know how I love DeAndre Ayton's game. You gushed over him with that game. And, and, and not only that, I, I, I've i always said with him, I, him and Joel Embiid, I would take one of those... If I was the people who had them, if I was the Sixers with Embiid or the Suns with Ayton... I'd get them a Kareem over a summer and say, teach this brother a skyhook. Yeah. If you could teach DeAndre Aiden a skyhook. Oh, my gosh. Where he can get up high and then just kind of palm that ball. He dropped, six he feet, dropped 20. No one can stop him. No. And he, he's a person who likes to rebound. Yeah. He likes being around the basket. He's so good at it. Too. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I see where there's an appeal to keep Kevin Durant. And I think that's the key to the Suns trade. I think so, too. Yeah. I was more surprised in what Dallas gave up for Kyrie than what Phoenix gave up for Durant. I, I you could have got Kyrie for a lot cheaper. I don't think so. But I think the issue there was that ownership of the Nets was not letting Kyrie get to LA. No. With the Lakers. Nope. They took the best deal they could on the table. And I think the, the Mavs... Well, the Mavs. The Mavs went a little bit extra in to they say, need, hey, we got to do something. That was necessity. Hey, we need a second, a second for Luka. Yeah. Now we got one. Yeah. A um, couple of other trades in here I want to jump on real quick. Uh, after getting Jay Crowder, the Nets trade him to Milwaukee. Uh, they get two second-round picks in the deal uh, that also included the Indiana Pacers, who get George Hill, Serge Ibaka, Jordan... Nawara? Yes. And three second-round picks. And really what I wanted to point out there was the Bucks getting Crowder. Helps them. It helps them give some depth. They need a little bit of help in the East. No one's really talking about the East. There's two teams in the East that are on a collision course. It's the same as it's always been. Boston, Boston and Milwaukee. Boston and Milwaukee, yeah. But and I will say, Philly is hot. Yeah. And that's the team I don't want to mess with right now. Other takeaway that I had on this, and, I, and um, 
We're going to get to a couple other late pick, uh, trades here in a moment. But okay. the necess- necessity of throwing in four or five draft picks. <laughs> so I look at it this way. I want to hear your opinion on this. Okay. Is the NBA draft so top-loaded where the best, the only, where the only good players are the top ten players that past that, nothing has value? No. Not at all. Then why are teams willing to give up so much, give up these draft picks? Because they're not... Here's the thing. The thing is, all the first-round picks, are, you know, you got them for four years guaranteed. Okay. Problem with second round picks, you have them for a year, maybe two. Okay. If they sign them. The thing with second round picks, teams like, oh, you know, we don't see. No, if you feel like the if you're the son or somebody who's good, you're gonna have an extremely late second round pick, and you know, those those don't have value. Okay, all the second round picks have no value. The late like like, like fifty through sixty don't, but okay. thirty one to like. 40 have a little bit of value to me. What seems to me that what those the value of those picks has become is just throwings. Getting in an international player and stocking them up. Um, You know, we were talking about the the Chinese player that we both liked. Um, The one that we saw playing with um, a couple weeks ago. We were watching one of the Chinese games. Oh. Um, and as a tall, I can't think of his name now. He's been the MVP in China twice now. Oh, and he gosh. gets, you know, and so he was yeah. sort of the Lakers drafted. Yeah. And st- stuck on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And we we're trying to get him over. Now he's getting paid so much in China, he won't come over. No. But it seems like the, the what they're doing is they're just trying to use those second round picks really just for international rights players. Yes. And so it's taking that value away in a way. Which I don't like that. But then also, is it because now teams don't really care about developing players? They don't, and I don't like that at all. But is that why these draft picks, like when you give up four first-round picks in a Kevin Durant deal, think about it, four first-round picks. Even if that pick was number 20. I don't know, man. Is that too much to give up? Is that because the NBA has given up on developing young players and has asked the G League and the foreign leagues to develop those players for them? Yes, and I hate it. So that you you agree with me on that? Yes, and I, I hate it with every ounce of my being. Because one thing that we've kind of nerded out on recently is we've watched a lot of Australian basketball. I watched a little bit of the Chinese league. Yep. There's a couple of players in that Chinese league that could play over here in the NBA right now. Oh, yeah, there is. I don't know that there's many of the Australian players who can play here. There's a couple. A couple. But the players who are dominating that league are either ex-NBA guys or guys who just weren't quite good enough in the NBA. Yes. Um, we've seen that already. Mm-hmm. And we won't get into all that. But um, as we get to playoff time with those, that, that's been a lot of fun lately. Yeah, it has been. But I, I look at that and I go, well, I mean, I mean, I look at some of these college teams could beat some of those. But look, I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. A guy who we look at them, the college game right now, this big center from Purdue. Oh, E. Yeah. Um, Zach E. Yep. Or E Day, or however you say it. I think it's E Day, he actually says his name. But I anyway, think so this guy's 7 4, plays like a big, should be in the NBA. He should absolutely be in the NBA, mm-hmm. and 
someone's going to draft him late in the first round or in the second round, probably in the second round, and he's going to go off and play in the G League. Ugh. And when he goes off to the G League and plays, he's going to dominate. Yes. And someone's going to have his rights. Well, why wouldn't you take a guy like that? And if you're the Lakers, or if you're the Bucks, if you're the Celtics, make him the last guy on the bench and get him with the pros. Get him yeah. with your best players so that he can develop exactly. with your best players. Dang. Because a guy like that, and that's the point I'm making, is that they're throwing in four picks for Durant, and you're giving up four picks and for, for Kyrie Irving. I saw one trade where there was... Um, there was Fed- Josh Richardson got traded from the Spurs to the Pelicans for Devontae Graham and four second-round picks. You think that's bad? We've had two trades that were five second-round picks. Five second-round picks. You're telling me you're not going to develop anybody for five years? I don't know, man. That's an know. issue to me in the NBA. That's an issue. That's an issue because now these super teams, if you want to call them that, they only care about what happens one through four. And then and you look at the Lakers. The Lakers were three players, and they didn't have any bench past six. Maybe six. <laughs> and then now they go, oh, shit, we got to get rid of Westbrook. To get help. And the three players they brought in are going to be six, seven, and eight, and they're all going to contribute. Yeah, two of them will start. Okay, but still, they're going to contribute, those yeah. three players. So they get depth there. But there's a lack of depth. Well, when you're trading three second-round picks, four second-round picks, five second-round picks, four first-round picks in the Kevin Durant deal, you can't develop anybody. Nope. And I granted you only got a few men on the roster. You only got 13 spots on the roster. Yeah. But, damn, you can have one or two to develop. You don't play more than eight anyway. Yeah. Or nine. But you tell me in this league where we have so many blowouts, you're not going to play someone, right? Yeah. I mean, look if I if I was a team in this draft, I would go get Zach Eady in the first round. I'd draft him with a lottery pick. I would not. No. I wouldn't have him with a top ten pick. But if I'm at fifteen, I go get him and put him on my roster, and I play him every time we're in a blowout. And I have him traveling with the, with the best players on my team, and I have him learning to be a pro. Well, he's going to learn that a lot better at the NBA level than he's going to learn it at the G League level. That's very true, yeah. Yeah. Now, he's going to get more time at the G League. I get that argument. But you don't learn how to be a pro. At the but G you don't League. learn how to become a pro. And then you end up, if you do come up from the G League to the NBA, well, then you're number eight, nine in the rotation. Ten, maybe. There's plenty of these guys that would be better if the league decided to develop players. And this, the thing I took away from all this on the, on the trade deadline was that the NBA only values the top three to four players on their roster. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a shame. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're going to see the things that we've seen now with the team like the Celtics. I mean, the Celtics almost won a championship last year. And and they have Jason Tatum, who's a fantastic player. But they're one through nine coming at you. And what have they done? Better than everybody. What have they done their entire time? They've developed. Developed their players. Just about everybody in that roster. Yeah. Except a couple guys. 
You know, Kyrie Irving didn't fit in with them. No. They let him go. You know, that's the kind of thing I think that developing your team is more important than, having a super team. than grabbing the superstar. Yeah. I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo developed. developed into the player he is. Chris he was Milton what, developed. developed into the player he is. They Tatum. were not number one, number two, number five picks. No. Antetokounmpo was like 14? I think it was 14, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's still a lottery pick, but again, let's go back to these standings. If you're going to be in the lottery right now, if you are... Let's say the Wizards, the Bulls, the Raptors uh, in the West, the Jazz, the Thunder, the Blazers, the Lakers. Develop a player. They're not going to. Because then you make the jump. I mean, the Jazz might. The, the Jazz are such a young team. The Jazz have a problem, and it's not something that they can fix easily. The Jazz's problem is they're in Utah. Yes. People don't want to play there. Here's the thing: is the Jazz. I read some twenty of the day. They have, I think it was fifteen or nineteen, for protect lightly protected or unprotected first round picks yeah. through twenty twenty nine. Young talent, and it's over sixty million dollars in cap space. Yeah. The problem is, they're in Utah. That that is that is the problem. Yes. If they if they weren't in Utah. Everybody would want to go there. Yeah. Because they have young talent. They got Larry Markin, who is having the best season of his career to get traded. Mm-hmm. They, um, like, Colin Sexton's good. They should be getting traded. The Jazz have surprised me by playing in close games, and they're young. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that their highest paid players are Russell Westbrook. You know, well, Westbrook was down on the rock, and he's not—he's there, but he's not playing yet. But he's, yeah. But if you look at before that trade, it's Colin Sexton, it's um, Talon Horton Tucker, yeah, it's Laurie Mc, uh, McCarkin, 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 yeah, um, Kelly Hellenic, yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be really hard to get players to play in Salt Lake City. Which is why you develop. Yeah. If you're Utah. They're going to have to develop like the Bucks did. I, th- I think they're going to. Yeah. I think, I think that's why they're trading. Because it, it, ain't, it ain't like Milwaukee's a whole lot better than Salt Lake City. No. Especially if you know the history of Milwaukee. That's a very segregated place. I, I know and, a lot of folks don't know those, don't know about that, but and, it is. And, that, and that's where the Giants trading Mitchell away was. They need they want to bring talent in to yeah. develop them. Yeah. So I, I, I think those are my big takeaways on the thing. Um, I want to ask you, who were – I have a different winner on this than you do, but yeah. tell me who your winners at the trade deadline. I mean, I'm just going to say it. It's the Suns, the Lakers. Okay. They added They added when they needed to. Okay. It's really yeah. – I mean, the so Mavericks – So the Suns adding the best player in Kevin Durant. The Lakers getting depth. The much-needed depth. And the, and the Mavs getting a number two for Luka. Did the Lakers improve more by getting the depth they got in their trade than they would have improved by getting Kyrie Irving instead? Yes. Okay. So you think it's a better trade than them going and getting Kyrie? Yes. Okay. I think the thing is, the Lakers, they would give them too much for Kyrie. I think. Yeah. They would have been the guy who give up 
or you forfeit a bench for Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Instead, you trade Westbrook and you get Beasley, Russell, Vanderbilt, okay. who can all come in and immediately contribute. All right, let me ask another question on this then. We know that Durant asked for the trade when Kyrie Irving got traded. Yes. If Kyrie Irving had gotten traded to the Lakers and that trade included Russell Westbrook, Okay, he's gone. Would KD have wanted to play with Russ? Hell no. They hate each other? I think so. Mm. I, I, more, more of, I don't think KD wants to play with Westbrook. Okay. I think Westbrook would have tried to make it work. He got a chance, hey, I want to win. And KD's, you know, it, it's KD. A little bit of a drama queen. A little bit? I mean, it's... It could be worse. Hey, you know me. I, I'm I'm like Mr. <laughs> Anti-Kevin Durant. I know you are. So. I just... I, I was talking about that with some buddies in there. I was like, dude, if we were gotten Kyrie Westbrook swap, that work out? I was like, no. Because KD and Westbrook. Mm. Westbrook was why KD left. Both yeah. uh, OKC. Okay. Uh, my other question then is, so you said the, your, your winners were the Suns, obviously, with Durant, the Lakers in there getting the depth. And my the, biggest, go ahead. And, and the Mavs getting Kyrie. The Mavs getting Kyrie. My biggest winner. <laughs> I know yours. The Houston Rockets, baby. The Rockets. Because they've got the, the next two Nets, number one unprotected, number one picks. And the Nets got a whole lot worse real quick. <laughs> here's the thing is, I don't, they, they, here's the thing, they got rid of the big stars. Yeah. I think they're a more complete team now, though. Is the, the net, are the Nets going to make the playoffs? Yes. Okay, so that's not a lottery pick this year, then. No. Okay. I, think the Nets, I think the Nets right now, they're what? The five? They're the five. They're three games ahead of Miami right now. And you know what's crazy? is that They have, in my opinion, the defensive player of the year in Nick Claxton, who I have gushed over. Camp Thomas has taken over since Kyrie left. Now you bring in Cam Johnson. Mikel Bridges. And I'm like, this team can't succeed still. But there's one big albatross there. One big weight holding you down if you're the Brooklyn Nets. Listen, listen, and that, listen. And look, and I don't like it that we have to talk bad about this guy because he's an LSU guy. Listen, Ben Simmons. If you, but if you ben listen to me. Simmons is the most, he's the, I'm going to say this way. He may not be the worst talented player in the NBA, but he's the worst player in the NBA as far as hurting a team. Ben Simmons, if you can hear me, uh, pick this shit up, please. Because if you play, because if you play good, this team can go places. This team has to fit as defense out the wazoo right now. And that's the only thing Ben Simmons brings to the table now. And you know what? And playmaking. But you know what? That's all he's got to freaking do. Cam Thomas gets you 30 a night now, it seems like. Mikel mm-hmm. Bridges can get you 20. Cam Johnson gives you 15 off the bench. Nick Claxton can go average 15, 10, and 3 blocks a game. The Nets are going to be fine if Benson gets his head out of his fucking ass and does something. Yeah, a lot to ask on Benson. I know. He's always been a diva, though, even from when he was in his time at LSU. I know, and I hate that. And that's, that's why I don't think... I don't, Tigers don't change their stripes. No, unfortunately they don't. So come on, Ben, help me out here. So that that's that's that was my thing was I think the Rockets are the ones who are the real winners because they get they're gonna get better picks out of this. <laughs> I just I don't know, man. Uh, biggest losers. 
Oh man, this is gonna be. I don't know. I that'd be the Nets, isn't it? I mean, as of talent wise, yes. But again, they got better all around, in my opinion. Okay. There is no real biggest losers in a trade deadline, unless the trade is completely lopsided. And I don't think there was any completely lopsided trades this did, year. Did the Nets get enough for Kevin Durant? You've already traded Drake Crowder away for yeah. two for two second round picks. So in essence, you got Cameron Johnson, Mikel uh, Bridges, Bridges four, four first round picks, a pick swap, and two suits. I mean, that's a lot. When you're getting those picks from a team that's a good team. Get that. Here's a, I get that. This year's pick, not going to do anything to help out. 2025, don't think so either. But when Chris Paul's gone, there is no point guard in that team to keep everybody together. And that's why Chris Paul's viable to Suns. Yeah, but if you're the Nets, so if you're the Nets, you're hoping that Kevin Durant just implodes this team. Absolutely. And, you know, and they, that's what you're betting on. Yes. And they won't because Chris Paul's still there. Because Chris Paul is the glue of that team. Right. I think when, anyway, if he retires or leaves, All right. this will be interesting. Right, my last question for you here. We're going to get out of here on this one. My last question is, who got, standing-wise, who's going to improve the most based on trade deadline trades? Who's now going to be in a better spot between today and the end of the season? The Lakers. Okay. I'll say it. Um, so you think the Lakers are playing their way into the playoffs? I think they sneak in the play in. I don't know about playoffs. Yeah. I think the thing is the Jazz are what? Well, the Jazz are right now ten. The Jazz are three games smooth right now. Of They're at the ten. Lakers. They're at ten right now. They're at ten. I think the Jazz come down a tad bit, but the, the, the Jazz are young. They're inexperienced. They're gonna come down. The Thunder, I don't know what they're doing anymore. They 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 lose games they should win and win games they should lose. Okay. And then who else is ahead? Portland? We got Portland ahead of them. And then you've got to deal with the Warriors, Pelicans, Timberwolves, Jazz, where all the teams that are in the play in right now. That's fine. Get the 10 seed. Get the 10. That's all you gotta do. And anybody can do it is LeBron James with some goddamn help. Which he has now. Well, LeBron's gonna have to Really put it on. And, and he's going to have to have. They're six games under 500. They're 25 and 31. I get it. He's going to have to talk to Anthony Davis. Yeah. If, if AD can buy into this team, they're scary. Okay. Now, here's my question. The Suns are currently eight back from the number one seed. They're five back from the two seed. Adding Durant, can they get up into the two and three spot? I can see him. At, who's that two? Memphis? Mem- uh, Memphis is two. Sacramento's three. They're gonna Dallas, have to, they would have to also uh, pass Dallas, so they're a game behind them. They're going to have to play phenomenal second half of the season. Yeah, the Kings look like they're running out of steam. I think so, too. They played, they played way over their heads the first two months. Hey, good for them, though. Yeah, I mean, they were good great. for them. Yeah, I mean, they're 3-7 and seven in their, or, sorry, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Um, and then I looked at it, and just, earlier in the year, the Kings were the team that just kept knocking off teams. Yeah. And it was like they were saying... Every game mattered. And you don't see that in the NBA. You really that, don't. The, 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 one, the two teams I've seen that do that, the Kings play that way, mm-hmm. 
The Celtics play that way. The Celtics have to. The Celtics play that way. Every game matters. You never see them get blown out. A lot of teams lose the first half. And then see everybody. And then they just say, well, we'll let the backups play. Yeah. And they and so they, they put the stars on the bench and go, well, it wasn't our night. Yeah. And they don't grind. And I get it in an 81-game season. You don't want to 82. grind every night. 82. Yeah. 82, yeah. But you, you don't want to grind every night. But that's very- what's been bad about the, about the Sixers. That's what's been bad about the Sixers. It's what was bad about the Nets with Kyrie and, and Durant. Yeah. Um, well, Philly's getting hot now, though. Yeah, Phil. but they're not a grinding kind of team either. And I don't hear the thing though. It's Harden and Embiid are becoming what we thought they were going to be. Yeah. I mean, hell, I, when I was in Brownsville, Texas, with mom, Embiid dropped forty-seven. Yeah, I was like, whoa, 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 what the hell? When he's capable of doing that, he's, he's a special player. This is that team can do things if him and Harden just play. Good together. All right. Uh, Let's get out of here on that. I appreciate you coming in, talking all about the trade deadline. We will get another update coming up next few weeks on uh, the NBA. We'll kind of see how things go. We'll probably do something on the All-Star break and check out, see how things have gone for the first half from there. We'll go a couple weeks out from the All-Star break. We'll check that out then. So, P-Money, thank you for coming in. This was a fun a fun podcast today. So thanks for coming in and doing that. Uh, thanks for doing that. I want to say a special shout out and thanks to Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox, how they do behind the scenes. Uh, check out Tyler Jones' uh, podcast, The Jones Report, with Tom Bridges. I was on there again this week. I'll be on again next week, and then I might be taking a little hiatus for about a month. We'll see, but uh, lots of football talk on there. And then uh, most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, we appreciate every five-star review. Say something nice about our main man, P-Money, while you're on there. Hey, until Monday, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. That is P-Money, Peyton O'Connor. Have a great weekend. Remember your time tokens are non-refundable. Thanks for tuning in today. Take care. Bye-bye.